Welcome back to the Kerygma Ventures podcast. This week, we head back to the ranch to have a conversation with Dudley about how God gives us good gifts simply because He loves. He and Sam also discuss how we can be more gracious during difficult conversations we have with those we love, because unfortunately, everyone around us will not always agree with us. Dudley shares some wisdom he has learned over the years on how to approach some of these difficult conversations with grace, whether they are about race, politics, or marriage. Enjoy! Earlier last week, I was telling Jameson about when I was a kid, I used to have these Hot Wheels tracks, and I'd set them up, and you do these drag races, you know, with your Hot Wheels tracks. It's so fun. Well, his eyes got real big, and he's like, you think we can get some of those? (laughs) (laughs) So we started looking on Amazon, you know, different Hot Wheels track designs and stuff, and, um, you know, you can buy the real elaborate package that's got the loop-de-loops and all that, and I just wanted to buy the simple tracks that you can assemble yourself and make a long runway and drag race deal, drag strip kind of thing. Um, Well, he was, since we talked about it on Monday, there wasn't 30 minute window of time would go by without him asking again, when is those tracks? Have you ordered them yet, Dad? And I said, I'm gonna order them and they'll get here and we'll play with them. Well, I finally ordered them before we came out here to the ranch the other day. And they were due to arrive when we, during the time we were out here playing on the river. And he was asking me all day, we were out here on Saturday. When are they coming? When are they coming? And I said, they're going to come. We drove back late that night. He stayed awake in the truck the whole way because he wanted to see those tracks. And he was so fired up. Well, the part that I think adds an interesting ripple to this is there were a couple times throughout the week where he would misbehave or whatever. And every time I was real tempted to say, all right, you're not getting those no tracks now. I'm not going <laughs> to give them to you. And I, and I had already... I had already made up my mind that I was going to get him those tracks. And, and the temptation for me was to then leverage that along the way instead of disciplining him or, or correcting him the way that we typically do. I wanted to up the ante and double down and say, okay, well, you've, you've screwed up. I'm not going to give you those yeah. tracks now. And I wanted to put that on the line. And, uh, and I'm glad I didn't. Uh, we got home that night, that Saturday night, and the, of course, the tracks were in the box on the porch. Amazon had dropped them off, and we went in there. And well, he's wound up, and I turned on the flashlight so he could see. I didn't want to turn on all the lights in the house, and he's opening them and just coming unhinged. He's just pumped, and uh, and he's grinning from ear to ear. And uh, I I said, "Hey, Jameson," and he stopped and looked at me, and I said, "Do you know why I got you those tracks?" And he said, "Cause you love me, <laughs> <laughs> man." Like. I, I told Corinne, I said, you're going to have to come sit with him. I got to go cry for a minute because it's, that's so like, it's so ministered to me. Again, I think this is a little bit of a deviation from what we're talking about, but it, it encouraged me in a deep way because I thought like, how many times does, does God simply give me a good gift because he loves me? And it's not on a line. It's not based on what I did. Yeah. He just, do you know how I gave you that? Because I love you. Yeah. And you did a thousand things this week that probably warranted me taking the, the thing away from you, but I'm yeah. not going to do that. Yeah. I'm just going to give it to you because I loved you. And I, all that to say, I think in that moment, it was a, it was a win for he and I. It was a win yeah. for me and the Lord. Too, you know? Yeah. So um, that's a really good story and a really good point. 
There are some things that you can, if you, if you have a contract or you have a covenant, if you say, Jameson, if you yes. do so and so, you get this. Yes, right. Then, yes, you know. Now you're teaching mm-hmm. them with motivation. Yep. That's right. They got some motivation, which is why I don't like the mm-hmm. participant trophy thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. if you say to guys, "We're going to play this game," that's right. And the one who gets the most run wins. Yeah. And the one who doesn't get the most run loses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then let it be a loss yeah. and, a, and a win. Yeah. Right. Because you're 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 training them in that whole deal, but unless there is some agreement yeah. uh, of what the reward mm-hmm. and the punishment would be, mm-hmm. yeah, unconditional love got to be yeah. unconditional. Yeah, yeah. Because so. you think about God with the children of Israel going through the wilderness, they were doing everything wrong, and yet their their clothes never wore out, their yep. shoes never wore out, yep. and He fed them from heaven and made water run out of a rock. Yep. Yep. To a bunch of rebellious people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Anyway, that, that really encouraged me quite a bit. Um, and I, my prayer then on the back side of that is like, God, let that take root in him now yeah. to know that, that my love or my, you know, my provision toward him as a dad, toward a son, that's, there's nothing that would touch that. His behavior yeah. wouldn't touch or change that. And uh, anyway, of course, there is times, like you said, where I say, Jameson, you know, once you've completed these tasks or whatever that we've asked you to do, then then this is on the line or whatever. Yeah. And I explain that on the front end so he understands that, yeah, it's, it's a, it becomes a stewardship principle exactly. uh, for him and a management principle. So anyway, that's good. That, that's really helpful. I, I think... The, the bookend on this, on this question or this conversation is just, it's important to me, and it's important to a lot of these young men that I talk to that are my age. I say young men. I think I'm still young. It's important to other men my age. We don't, we don't desire to disregard previous generations or, or, you know, say to hell with them. That's not, that's not the motivation And saying, hey, let's try this or let's do this. Yeah. We want to be learners just like our predecessors were learners. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have any practical wisdom or application for what it would look like to honor well previous generations as, as your generation has advanced. Um, but it is important to me. Yeah, I think, you know, one thing we, we got to guard against is just believing that progress is inevitable mm-hmm. and that this generation is smarter than the yep. last one. yep. Progress, if it's not based on foundational truth, is, mm-hmm. is not good. Sure. Yeah, it ain't it's progress. Not progress. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so the whole idea that we're just inevitably being swept toward better yep. is wrong. Yep. We're, we are being swept toward some really yep. messed up stuff right yep. now. But I, I think, gra- again, you know, gratitude, <laughs> I, I go back and see, think about my my father talking about his father. Mm-hmm. And he told about the horrible things that, that happened and and the unjust things that happened. With seven boys, you can imagine there was lots of mm-hmm. unjust things, yeah. in the, at least in their mind. But he was uh, he would come back to go, my dad was a man of his word. Mm-hmm. If he told you something right or wrong, he's yeah. going to do it. Yeah. If it killed everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, he was a man that worked hard. Yeah. 
And so he, he took those things that are foundational, that, that never change no matter what the generations yep. are. He, he was able to, to sift those out and say, this, this is what my dad did. Sure, yeah. And I think that's what we can do. Yeah, that's good. That's what we do toward them. Like, you know, my dad was a product of segregation. I mean, we, were, we grew up on a farm in Alabama. Mm-hmm. So blacks and, and whites were segregated. Mm-hmm. That's how he grew up. That's yep. what he thought. Right. Well, by the time I came along, there was things were happening in the sixties. Yeah, right. You know, and so he and I had some hard talks. Sure. And uh, it wasn't that his heart was wrong. It's just my people <laughs> yep. had done it this way, and yep. we're changing. It's like, you know, we would talk, and I say, "You are you saying you don't think people are equal?" Well, son. <laughs> and then he'd have to say, "Well, no, they're all we're all equal." God created us equals. Like, yeah. Why are we treating one unequal? Right, yeah. You know, and so there were some... Well, how did those conversations end up then? Well, sometimes in silence. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's like, well, uh, you know, sometimes he would pull the, the old card of, well, you're just a young whippersnapper. You you grow up, you'll learn better. Mm-hmm. You know. And Well, he was wrong, though. He was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> he was wrong. But... Uh, to his credit, later he would come back and go, well, I see what you're saying there. Yeah. And so it, it was just an ongoing conversation. It never was something that divided us for a long period sure. of time. Sure, yeah. And I wasn't smart enough to know or wise enough to know that, you know, that he was having to work through mm-hmm. a generation of how different it had been yeah. and, and what segregation was. Yeah. Because he had he had he had bought into a bunch of the lies of, you know, if if you mix it all together, it's all going, you know, that's what he heard George Wallace say. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> so was he? I I'm curious about this. Was he still alive when you were a part of some of the civil rights stuff in Alabama? Uh-huh. Did y'all ever talk about that? Oh yeah. So he knew your involvement with that. Yeah yeah yeah. And he was cool. He, yeah, he was cool with it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he came a long, long way. He did. He really. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. In fact, I remember not too long before he died. You know, I was back over in Alabama visiting him, and he said, "Would you go with me to talk to?" He called a lady's name who was a widow in mm-hmm. that deal, and I said, I'm "Teasing him." I said, "Is that your girlfriend?" <laughs> he said, "No." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just she's got a question for sure. Her. Yeah. So we go over there, and she goes, "Okay." My granddaughter is dating a black guy. Yeah. What does the Bible say about that? Mm-hmm. And so I just was able to take the scripture and show them what, what the Bible was saying, not you know, not not reading in a racial deal. And both of them said, we kind of suspected that. Yeah. So what does the Bible say about that? For anybody watching this conversation <laughs> who might have some confusion on it. Uh, well, all the scriptures that have to do with... Uh, the children of Israel not marrying somebody of another tribe had nothing to do with with race. Skin it had everything color. to do with loyalty to Jehovah God. Yeah, yeah. You don't marry somebody that you're not walking in, in right. yoke with. Yeah. So it had to do with your faith in in God, not mm-hmm. what color your skin was or what part of the country That's you good. lived in. So this gets a little bit deeper into the core of what my initial question was. When you get to a point like this, in a relationship with someone generation ahead of you, uh-huh. where you made you made the point just a second ago. He said, "I don't his heart. I don't think his heart was wrong. It was just a 
This is the way he knew. Yeah. So some would say, and I'm not going to state my opinion on it yet, but some would say like, no, by God, his heart was wrong because if he believed that blacks and whites should be separate, then that is in essence, like that is an anti-God idea. So that would by definition mean that his heart is wrong. Like, how do you reconcile that? The way I would say it was, he had never thought through the implications of the gospel that he believed. Hmm. The culture was defining the ethical stuff. Sure. Whereas his heart, he he knew Christ. And he knows in Christ we're all one. There's, Mm -hmm. There's no distinction. But the culture was so strong in interpreting the values of the culture yep. that that my people pressure that we mm-hmm. have was was keeping him from interpreting. Because when I would say, like I said a while ago, so are you saying you think people are unequal? Yeah. He would go, no, I don't. Yeah. So, well, Dad, <laughs> think it through. Think it through. <laughs> right. You know. Right. So, uh, you know, it's. A, you know, he was. Well, you know, like birds. You know, like black birds don't 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 mate with red birds. And I yeah. go, I don't think you can make that. <laughs> yeah, a little stick. different. Yeah, <laughs> little different. right. I don't think you can make that stick. Sure. But anyway, of course, I have to be careful because I'm the son, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to show disrespect toward it. Sure. Yeah. So there, there, there were some times where I would just say, "Hey." We're kind of getting heated. Can, can, yeah. can we talk about this later? Yeah. So that that's another part of this conversation for me is at what point were you ever faced in your mind with the question of, man, I see things different enough from my grandfather or this other you know, person in my community who's a generation different than me. At what point do you know it's appropriate to say, Okay, I think there's enough differences here, and we're we're enough out of alignment that relationship is now going to be uh, strained, and and it's not like I I really don't agree with what they're thinking or saying. Yeah, and it it's not good or right or healthy for me to continue on in relationship with them. Did you ever face that question? <clears throat> and not with not with my parents, but I have with other people mm-hmm. in that generation. Mm-hmm. And what I try to do every time, I'm not sure I was able to accomplish it, but was to say, look, I value you and I value your your right to have an opinion. Mm-hmm. And I will always value your right to have an opinion. Mm-hmm. Our opinions are different, yeah. so different that right now it's not productive for us to discuss it. Yeah. So what I'm asking from you is would you give me would you give me the right to have my opinion and live according to, to my, yep. my value? That's good. And I, I'll try to do that with you. Sure. And hopefully, at some point, when we both have a better view, we can come back and talk mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Now, sometimes that didn't go so well. It's like, well, hell no, I ain't talking to you ever again. <laughs> so like, okay. Yeah. yeah. But it's not, not just about race, but you know, theological stuff, right. philosophical yeah. stuff, political stuff. It's a case by case deal. Yeah, I mean, I it's on political stuff. I sit, I have people right now. We we right. just don't talk about it. Right. Yeah. Is that? Would you say that's ultimately the best way to land 
when there's a, a topical impasse, let's say, or roadblock, would you say, okay, if we can peaceably agree to disagree here, we can move on yeah. in, in love and in relationship. Like, is that love to move on with this topic outlying and maybe you don't see it the same? I think it is. Uh, I think you have to do that in, in marriage. I think mm-hmm. there are times in marriage that you're so missing each other sure. that you basically have to say, look, this, this is not unimportant. Yep. This is important. Mm-hmm. But we're not, we're, we're not talking to each other. Yeah. We're throwing things at each talking other. Talking past each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're throwing words at each other. That's right. All right, so let's just say that it's important. We're not going to throw it away and not yeah. talk about it ever. Yeah. But right now, we're not there. So let's pray that God will give us of you, I want to understand you, mm-hmm. and I'd like for you to understand me. So let's let's do it. And and in a marriage, I think you ought to set a time. So that's can, good. Can, can we visit again next mm-hmm. week or yep. next month or yep. whatever? Now you know if it's somebody else. Like I try to say that with guys in political stuff. It's like, look, maybe I hadn't thought about everything you're sure. saying. So give me some chance. Give me some time. About. Yeah. And uh, I'd like to talk about it later. You know, when we're not throwing words at each other. Yeah. But sometimes people don't want to. They, yeah. they just rather just cut it off. Yeah. Well, I'll say what you just described with the marriage thing, that's probably one of the most valuable contributions I think Corinne has made to our marriage because I, my inclination is to be a fix-it-now. I want resolution now. And by God, either you're going to see it my way or I'm going to see it your way, but we're not going to move forward yeah. without being in total agreement on everything. Well, I don't, like you just described, that's not particularly healthy. So Corinne often will say, I need time to think about this. Yeah. And, and based on how you're kind of coming at me, you probably need a little time too. <laughs> And we will table things. She's, I think, a lot more advanced in that than I am, but we'll table things and say, okay, let's, we can still move forward in love and unity and not have this bucket of topics or ideas ironed out yet. And it may be, like you said, in time, I mean, people, I'm learning people freaking change, man. Like, you just do. How many things do you think differently about now than you did 50 years ago? And, and if the same is true for me, then I'm going to think differently about something in a year or in a month or in a day than yeah. I did yesterday. And so and giving here's the thing. time for it. You know, God is wanting to, to bring us along, and he'll use his conflict to open our minds to yes. things. You know, and I can't tell you how many times my wife and I would get in a uh, you know disagreement thing like mm-hmm. that. And, I, and we would say, mm-hmm. okay, let's quit talking about it now, but we'll come back to it. Yep. And I mean... You know, I'd be taking a shower, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I bet that's what she meant. Yes, right. right. That's the point. She, now, yes. here's the problem. Then you got to humble go yourself <laughs> and go and say, uh, I was convinced you're wrong, but yeah. uh, I'm wrong here. Sure. Yeah, that's good. That's an important step. Yeah. That's the hard step. It's very hard. Thank you so much for listening to the Kerygma Ventures podcast. We'd love for you to join us next week as we continue to bring you conversations and messages that challenge you to live a life of grace and freedom, developing a thriving relationship with Jesus. If you enjoyed today's episode, would you share it with someone in your life who you know would be encouraged to hear it? Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.